I'm SP from Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a show about the general Marvel comic universe, part of the Guinea Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other hilarious and fun geeky shows at guineageeknetwork.com. Welcome to an all-new Better Podcasting live chat. One might say the final 2020 edition of the Better Podcasting live chat. Yes, I am Stephen John Drew, uh, and with me, of course, is SP. Hey, guys, how's it going? We get together every other week with the live chat so we can talk with you and answer your questions in the live chat or just talk about our general podcasting life for the past two weeks. And we alternated that back and forth with our main Better Podcasting show. But tonight is the live chat. So if you have a question, come to our chat at www.geeks.live and ask us a podcasting question. We will do our best to answer it during the stream. Also, we should go ahead and mention right now, yes, this is the last Better Podcasting live chat of 2020. Uh, and the reason why is because we're going to be taking a bit of a week off on this show here. So the way it's going to work is you're going to find there's an extra bonus episode on the Better Podcasting main show, and you can uh, check that out at betterpodcasting.com. But this will be the last one recorded for Better Podcasting live chat of the year, meaning that the next Better Podcasting live chat recording, if you wanted to go ahead and join us, will be on Tuesday. January 12th, 2021. And if you listen to us after the fact, this show, uh, that means it'll debut, it will launch, it will be released somewhere around Sunday, January 17th, 2020. So because this is a bi-weekly show, we'll be missing an episode of the Better Podcasting live chat. But if you want to check out the Better Podcasting main show, we will have a couple of episodes there. So a little bonus episode thrown in to hopefully tide you over. This also marks the the end of the first calendar year that we've had Better Podcasting live chats. This is the year that we debuted this version of Better Podcasting. It's a whole separate show, but we did so for a variety of reasons, which we talked about at length. I won't go over it again, but this is the first calendar year. It's not the first full year. That'll have to wait a couple months, but it's the first calendar year in the books for Better Podcasting live chat. Oh, we just, you know, we, we caused all of the havoc this year, apparently, because, they, you know, we did this show and then all of a sudden things went to down the crapper. So obviously our breaking the regular standardized better podcasting format was the catalyst. I'm going to continually blame the CW Arrowverse. <laughs> Fair enough. Hey, speaking of Arrowverse, if you didn't know this earlier in the years, SP shut down the Starling Tribune podcast. The Starling Tribune podcast was on the Gunna Geek Network. And I just want to take a minute here before we get into some of the other things we want to talk about today to say that the Gunna Geek Network has still a bunch of different members on there. And I want to encourage people to check out the Gunna Geek Network. And if there is a show that you like on there, please reach out to them and say happy holidays, uh, wish them the best, or at least just tell them that you listen because this year for podcasters has been very difficult. And in full disclosure, there have been some network members that did unfortunately fade over the year. It's been tough. Not everybody has been able to keep the drive going. And so if you do check out any of the network members, do me a personal favor, reach out to them and say, hey, I love your podcast because sometimes it's, that's all that people need for especially as hobby podcasters to just give them the shot in the arm to keep going. So that's my personal ask 
to you, the listeners? Well, first of all, I have to say that the Starling Tribune was actually canceled by the GunnaGeek.com network owner. So that's why there's no more Starling Tribune uh-uh. on the GunnaGeek I network. I only canceled you and Chris. Michelle was welcome to keep going. Uh, well, yeah, it's hard for her to keep going when she doesn't edit and doesn't produce the show and that sort of thing. So, yeah, we're, we were canceled by the GunnaGeek.com network owner. And then also, yes, a lot of other podcasters on the GunnaGeek network, a lot of podcasters inside our Discord server, which you can find at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. Just say, hey, how's it going? How's your show going? Thank you very much for doing it this year. That sort of thing. That would be awesome. In addition to the Gunna Geek podcaster members. And finally, I want to say if you have a geeky show by adjacency or outright geeky show, we haven't done this in a while, but feel free to look us up at gunnageek.com slash join for all of the uh, prerequisites and uh, the application to go from there. And uh, you, you just become, you, you, should, you should be part of the community before you uh, apply. But yeah, if you are part of the gunnageek.com network, it's a community that mutually supports each other. All right, well, let's delve into some of the actual podcast content here. And um, I want to go and mention a problem that the live viewers may have noticed on this show and Gunna Geek and the Better Podcasting Main Show recording. This is something that came up over the last week or two. And I talked last week about, well, last week, I talked last year about how I bought a mic mute, uh, Rolls MS-111 mic mute. Essentially, the XLR cable goes into it, and then it goes back out. Well, you have to have two cables. And then it creates a hard mute. One of the best things that I've done in a long time from the perspective that sometimes, you know, I got to yell at the kids. So I mute it. No, sometimes I want to do a hard mute, and I'll have to worry about that being in my track as I right now hit all sorts of things. Great example of where I should have muted. But here's the thing. Over the last couple of weeks, it's been acting up a little bit weird where sometimes I would push the button down to mute. And if you're lo- listening to this and going, Stephen, you shouldn't push the button down to mute. It's You have it up to mute. No, I have... Wait. I push the button up for mute. Sorry. I, I, I have the button up for but mute. But you have to depress it and to then, release it. So I push the button down. It gives the signal live. And then I lift the button up and it's muted. And if you're thinking to yourself, that sounds backwards, Stephen, it's because it is. There's a way that you can switch it. And I've I've switched it so that that's just the way it is. And anyways, that's where I'll leave it at that. Well, I have noticed on a couple of occasions here that the mute has not been working. It's been sort of kind of muffled, but mostly present when it's been supposedly muted. And we had this happen during an edit point last week uh, on the Better Podcasting Main Show. I'm like, hey, can you hear me? And SB's like, yeah, I can hear you. And we had a conversation. I'm like, well, I'm muted right now. So I don't know what's going on. And because it's a physical button, I was thinking maybe there was something stuck in there that was causing something to not connect or for something to connect. I don't know how the mechanics work in there. So last night before we recorded the Gunna Geek Show, um, the second Gunna Geek Show, I gave it a shake. And, mm. and so far, I didn't see any issues. Now, that could just be a coincidence. But as it stands, I think that it's working. Yeah, it's working. Okay, see, I cut myself off. So I don't know. Yep. Um, I really hope it was just a piece of dirt or something. Um, I might open it up because 
I know you're supposed to be able to open it up because there's another thing that you can do, I think, to make it not lock down where you have to hold it. There is there's instruction on there about taking off the bottom. So I might do that and give it a, a blast of air. Interestingly enough, I think it was last week, it could have been in the week before I was listening to the Curiosity Daily podcast, which a friend of ours, Cody Goff, does with Ashley Hamer. And they actually ran a story about older electronics, like the analog electronics, which is a bunch of the audio stuff that we have. Maybe we have some digital stuff, but we have a lot of analog stuff too. Whereas actually shaking it, giving it one shake actually ends up fixing it because of issues like dirt in the connections or the connections actually being soldered kind of loosely and then kind of coming apart and then shaking it kind of melts it back together or reestablishes the connection or, or something like that. But if you're doing that and it's a connection issue and you re-engage the connection, I would think twice about even touching it anymore because <laughs> you're going to break that connection. So hopefully it was just a piece of, of dust or dirt, which by the way, we talked about it before on better podcasting. You should keep your equipment dust free as dust free as possible because that dust can get in the connections and cause <gasps> havoc on its own. I misunderstood your advice. I thought you said I should get free dust. <laughs> oh no. What a mistake. Listen, I don't know what's legal in Canada, what's not legal in Canada. And furthermore, I have no idea what kind of illegal drug free dust really is. And I don't want to know. So we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> oh, I did not say that. And I did not take us there. All right. Let's hop over to something that you wanted to talk about as well. Since we're talking about tech issues, you mentioned this last week on the Better Podcasting main show. But why don't you go ahead and loop in our Better Podcasting live chat listeners right now? I was having some issues with my internet and this has been going on for about a week. Thankfully, it did not impact better podcasting. It did not impact going to geek and it did not impact legends of shield, but it was getting steadily worse ever since I recorded the last legends of shield, which is my last podcast of the week that I do normally on Thursday nights up until the Monday, I was having some issues with the network resetting and just being unavailable for a couple of minutes. And I didn't know if it was going to affect my main PC or not that I use for podcasting because it's hardwired into the node that's a my main router, which is then goes into the modem. Well, doing some rapid diagnosis, I determined that the modem was going bad. And I don't know if the modem was the only thing going bad or not, but I did determine that the modem was starting to go bad because I was starting to lose packets and a continuous ping. Talked all about that last week. I replaced my modem, which was an Aris SB6910, I believe it was. I, I can't remember the model number specifically off the top of my head, and I don't have the box with me anymore because I kind of tossed it. But I replaced it with the brand new Aris S33 modem. Ever since I replaced it until we talked about it, which was barely a day on last week's Better Podcasting main show, I did not have a problem. So I can report a week later that I've only experienced one problem, and that is when the network was resetting itself during an update. So it was kind of scheduled. Now, I run an Eero 5 Pro Wi-Fi system. I have six nodes in there. The main node is right here on the desk in front of me in the podcasting room. And if it ever resets, then I lose internet for a couple of minutes until it reboots. The whole system reboots. I've only had the one time happen. That was with an update, so I think the issue is solved, but I'm still going to keep my eyes on the Wi-Fi system 
because as I mentioned last week, Eero is doing some updates to its software because it came out with the six system, the Eero six system, and they have released software, newer software to deal with that. It's backwards compatible with the five and they've been updating ever since I've been working through some issues, but it shouldn't have caused the issues that I had. So I will keep everybody apprised of the situation when we come back in the new years, but it looks like the new modem solved it. And just to recap real quickly, I had that modem for more than four years. And what we've said all along with better podcasting is electronic equipment like that. You should plan on replacing sometime between three and five years. This was smack dab right after the four year mark had 51 months of use of it. So it was a, a decent buy and I'm looking forward to this one lasting more than that. Now, the other modem that I did have had some issues because it had a bad chip in it uh, that was prone to issues. This one has a chip that's not. So I'm looking forward to more rock solid performance from this modem. I do have broadband cable. I don't have fiber. I don't have DSL. So it's a broadband cable modem. I don't know why your modem talk made me think about more gear, gear, broken gear talk. So I, something else came up with me this past week. I went to put on my headphones and I grabbed them and my right cup of my sure SRH440 fell off. Not the cup, actually, the whole the whole um, right assembly. Now, wow. Yeah. So I've, I've heard of that before, by the way, on the 940s. So. The long story short, if, if I look, there's a plastic sort of housing that screws together over top of like the uh, faux leather or whatever it is, right? And there are a couple screws on there and the whole thing slid out. So you know how with headphones, you can adjust essentially how long the, it is on the band and things like that. And so it had come completely out and it wasn't like, there was no resistance anymore when I put it back in. And then I looked and I, and I just had to kind of fish it into the right spot. There's sort of a, uh, I guess, a male and a female sort of thing, right? Um, fitting. And so I just had to get that fitting together. And when I did that, now it moves back and forth, but it still is loose. And like, if I don't, if I don't fix that, it's definitely going to fall off again. So there's a couple of screws that I'm going to go and try to... Um, get back in so that basically loosen them off, adjust it up a little bit and try to get it re reseated. But if not, I might have to look for a new pair of studio headphones. I don't use them that much, but it's nice when I use them. I do have the Audio-Technica ATH M40s that I'm, I might use for a while and put the put new headphones as way on the back burner. I don't care for the Audio-Technicas that much. I've traveled with them because I've not been afraid to break them because I, I really don't care for them that much in, in retrospect compared to my Shures. Um, I think they're great for some people. Some people love them. For me personally, not my biggest fan in, in retrospect. Uh, but So I, I might run with those for a while if I can't fix these. But otherwise, maybe I'll set my sights on some 840s. I've heard of that issue with the 940s, like I said, and apparently now with the 440s. So I'm here's hoping I don't have the same issues with the 840s. I've enjoyed my 840s. I think I've had them for a couple of years now. I bought one, a pair for my son. They're actually up in his room right now, and hopefully they'll be moving with him later this week to his actual home as he transitions from college to work. And I have a co-host, Michelle, over on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. that bought a pair of the 840s as well. And she went from a really cheap headset, the um, Audio-Technica, I want to say M30X, 
to the sure 840s and she it was it was literally like a whole new ball game for her she was like in in awe for several weeks over it still loves i thought she had the audio technicas in between and found them too tight no Uh, she had no problems with the audio technica her cat ate the cord oh okay gotcha Gotcha. And because the 30s don't have a detachable cord, she couldn't just buy a new cord or, or substitute the cord with another one and had to buy a whole new set of headphones. That's gotcha. how that worked. Yeah, the, the the comfort is one of the things that I, I struggle with with the Audio-Technica M40s. I do find they're a little tight. Um, I'm probably mixing up her story with my father-in-law because even though he's on his second pair of M... No, he went to the M50s the second time around, but... He's on the second pair of his Audio Technicas, uh, or not his, yeah, I'm getting all mixed up, his Audio Technicas, and he has the same sort of thing where he, he feels they're a little too tight, but he, again, he went back for the second time, but went up a tier, so that speaks something to but for me personally, I, I, I just, I don't know, if, if I can, I might, if I can't fix them, I will probably still go with Shures again, I've got quite a few years out of these, and I, I find them very comfortable. I was just using my 50s at work today because that's where they are. They're at work and I have the 40s on the cupboard behind me and I use those when I I need them. I, I'll travel with them because they're collapsible. And like you said, you don't care if you do anything to them uh, at this point. Same here. I don't have the same issues with the 40s and the 50s that everybody else does. I do know that they have, they have more of a bass tone to it, which I actually prefer, but I don't have the problem. My, my head is obviously smaller than a lot of people's. So I, I don't have that same problem with the fit of a lot of these headphones that people do. A lot of, of what I hear with discomfort with headphones are with people with slightly bigger heads. And I'm not saying that in terms of ego. I'm saying that in terms of the physical dimension of the head. For me, both are applicable. <laughs> I wasn't going to say so. I'm glad you mentioned it because we have a couple of weeks off and we're just going to have to work through the issues that you have with your. Ego. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's talk actually a little bit about the two weeks off. So we've talked about this on the main show, and I think it's worth addressing right here. Why? Why are we taking a couple of weeks off here? Well, the bottom line is we can't stand each other. <laughs> Number one can't stand each other. Number two, it's in the contract. Uh, Number three, uh, it's because we do feel that we need the time to recharge. Now, we did a whole episode of Better Podcasting about how the end of the year is different for 2020. And for some, it may be actually beneficial to keep going when they usually would take the time off. For me personally, I am in the situation where I do not have the usual family get-togethers because of uh, provincial laws and things like that. I can't do them. So I have more time. So in the back channel, we did talk a little bit about, do we still want to take some time off or not? We decided that we still would because we want to really take that time to recharge our batteries. We may possibly at some point just get together and do like just sort of impromptu sort of stream. We may not, but it wouldn't be something that would be for one of these shows, but we could, we might still get together at some point. And the reason we want to go with that loose formula is because we don't want plans for a couple weeks around Christmas. We want to be able to come in with a fresh set of eyes and and really just take some time to ourselves at the end of the year. As hobby podcasters, we need to prioritize our personal fun. And full disclosure, sometimes it can be a little hard as you're getting into December to keep going. And for us, we've always found that 
the the weeks off has has truly helped us sort of come back rejuvenated to the podcast. That's actually one of the w- reasons we came out with this show last year was because we had a couple of weeks off and the idea came off when we kind of were looking at things with a fresh set of eyes, not having to focus on the next episode because it is a constant cycle. We're constantly focusing on the next thing. So having those couple weeks off just to decompress and also think about things from a new perspective really we find is beneficial, even if it means that you get a few less downloads. So I just wanted to mention that on this show here because some people may not have heard the whole episode that we did talking about the end of the year or the ones that we did previous where we talked about the benefits of taking a break at the end of the year on Better Podcasting Main Show. So I wanted to mention that here just because I do think that hobby podcasters sometimes push through situations that they shouldn't as a hobbyist. I look forward to the break every year. When the kids were smaller, we had a lot more going on with the kids, but I've had just had my second kid graduate from college, so obviously I don't have little kids anymore. Hopefully we'll have grandkids sometime. You know, the kids will bring the grandkids by and I'll spoil them rotten and then send them off to their grandma or or whatever. But I enjoy the couple weeks off because I've taken to trying to take the couple weeks off of work too. The issue that I have is there's usually something important that happens in, in these three weeks between like now and the beginning of next year. Somebody has to be in the office. Uh, this year I said, Nope, I did it the last couple of years. I'm not going to do it again. So I'm just going to decompress and stay at home. By the way, we did have a question in the chat, which is what this show is about. SP's missing beard asked us a question, and that is Jason from the Creative Brain Candy Network. He runs the Smoking and Drinking in Space podcast. He asked, why is the Roadcaster Pro still $600? Is the competition just not that great? Does it do something that they don't? Do they just not care? I have several answers to this, um, Stephen, but why don't you go first? I think it's a little bit of everything you asked within your question, because quite honestly, I don't know that there is a device that does everything that it does. And the reason I say that is because there are different elements in the L8 that it does. But the thing is, the Roadcaster Pro is a far more intuitive product. You give someone the L8, they'll suffer for sure, unless they've had some experience and are willing to go and figure out how it all works. You give them the Roadcaster Pro, they'll figure it out. I, I, part of it's the touchscreen. Part of it is, is their target audience was originally a simplified setup. All of these extra bells and whistles that it now does, like multi-tracking, multiple sound pages, things like that, that's because the, uh, the uh, consumer said, hey, we want these. That was not what Rode originally wanted. They originally took this as a way to do a semi-complex situation, but make it easy for podcasters. And because of that, as they've added in these extra things, they still kept it easy and somewhat intuitive. So I, not to mention there is the different built-in EQ and noise gates and things like that that are customizable to a degree as well. Not as much as I'd like to see them customizable, but they are. I, I genuinely don't know that there is a product that goes nose to nose with that at this time. There's things that probably cover most of what certain podcasters need. I think there's a lot of podcasters that might buy that and not use 
some of these features. And when you look at the features they use, there are other products that could suit that. But as the whole package, I don't know that there is. Second thing is, they really did open up the floodgates to this sort of equipment. We had the L12 before. The L12 was there, but it was different to a degree and it didn't have the same target audience. And because of that, I don't think that it got the fanfare that the Rodecaster Pro did. The Rodecaster Pro also, um, I think they've shown the support that they're willing to give it and they've done these increases, uh, these changes and the different revisions and the feature ads and things like that. So there is also an, a value in a continuously maintained product. I've mentioned a couple times about some of the lack of notes on the Zoom firmware logs. It's just the way it is. They don't seem to put as much effort into updating the different features on there. I just think that it's a combination of all of that. And if people are still buying it, why are they going to drop it? And I want to give an, a little non-podcasty example. Um, there's a guy that actually, so, so he was a host on the local radio station, uh, reading between the lines, had some issues, decided he was going to branch off, try his own like streaming thing that was radio based, like properly licensed, all that stuff there. And he's got, he, he, you know, he, he, he's got the type of personality where he did actually have some people come and fall over. And I was snooping his pictures and I noticed, hey, look, he's got a Roadcaster Pro. It's not a podcast. It's it's like actually like a, a a radio type thing, like an online radio type situation he has. And he used a Rodecaster Pro. So podcasters obviously are the target for the Rodecaster Pro, but there are other people such as that that also find value in this Rodecaster Pro. And if people are still buying it again, why are they going to discount it? So the first thing that I'll say is that it does have capabilities. I'm just going to reiterate what Stephen has said that nobody else has. And that is the effects, the onboard effects, because nobody else has the onboard effects that it has. You can do noise gate. You can do EQ. You can do compression onboard just like you would through like a DBX 286S, which is what I have. And I know Stephen has. We could get rid of our DBX 286Ss and just go with the Roadcaster Pro, I, I just don't have that option because I don't have a Roadcaster Pro, but none, nothing else does those sorts of things. And what we both discovered over the years is because of the homes we're in, because of our home studio recording environments, this is a, a closet. It's an office and it does still have some reverb in it and stuff like that. So I like to use the noise gate. I, I like to do some things on the DBX 286S. And when I don't have it, like when I'm in a hotel room and I'm running off my Audio Technica AT2005 or my Samsung Q2U, you get all those effects in. And it's like going back to the Stone Ages once you're used to a nice studio thing. So that's one thing, one reason. It's, it's an all-in-one solution. Another thing that I will say is because this is 2020 and gear is just not as available. So you don't see as much sales on gear, especially the high-end gear, because it's just not available. There were whole months where you couldn't get a Rodecaster Pro. And that leads into my other thing, is that this year was the year that saw, I think, more podcasts, just podcasts. I'm not even talking about YouTube channels or streaming or anything. More podcasts were started in 2020 than there were combined before that. Yeah. Now, are all of them active right now? Probably not. Are all of them still 
available probably not but the fact remains that there are a ton of people that wanted to start and those that did the research went in and said okay what kind of equipment do i need and the simple solution is a roadcaster pro it's expensive but it was a simple solution that handled uh, just about everything uh so you now have the zoom podtrack p4 which functionally does about the same thing as the roadcaster Pro and it's only $200 versus the Rodecast Pro is $600. So what do you get for that $400 difference? You get sliders. So you can do uh, some sort of gain manipulation with a mechanical button on there. Yes, the PodTrack P4 has knobs, but maybe you're more into the mixer thing and you like the sliders. Uh, you also get all the effects on board as I was talking about. And you with both you don't have the combo jack so you can't put a quarter inch into either but i that's the the difference between the two is the is it really worth four hundred dollars difference i don't know it depends on what your application is i think for a hobby podcaster no it's not but hey that's up to the individual and uh your specific circumstances so that combination of gear availability of the fact that there's so many people that started a podcast and the fact that there's nothing else that does what it does that is why it is still hard to get and it's still six hundred dollars i think there may possibly be also on the roadcaster pro um a little more in the usb input i'd have to double check i have not had a chance to try the p4 but i feel like there's I think the P4 may not have the the full USB input, the multi-channel input. And if it does, I don't know that it has the USB um, like both at the same time like the Rodecaster does. I'm not 100% sure. I, I'd mm. have to look into that. That's something it's been in the box since I unboxed it. And I, I maybe over the break, I'll go ahead and... Check it out. I I will say, I mean, I've, I've gone back and forth between like uh, L12, L20 and the Rodecaster Pro. If my system was to break today, like I got a lightning strike and everything blew up, what would I get to replace it? I don't really like any of the options on the table today, but there's a possibility I might end up with a Rodecaster Pro. I don't like the preamps. I flat out don't like the preamps. I think they are oversold. I think they are noisy. I think they could have been done differently. I don't like the fact that there's no combo jack or no ability to put in a quarter inch. And I've been waiting for the version two to come out whenever that's going to happen. I, I have no idea. It could be two years from now. It could be six months from now. I have no idea. But if I had to get one, it is one of the ones that I would put on the list, even though I have issues with it. I also have issues with the L12 and the L20. So that's why I haven't bought anything to replace what I got have right now. We also had a question um, back to the headphones thing. We had uh, Liberty Dudes say, um, well, lost it here. He said, where did it go? Here we go. Please. Have I ever thought about the uh, Barodynamics 77, sorry, 770 Pros? or AKG 371s. Um, when I buy them, I likely won't sink a bunch of money into them because I do rarely use the headphones. I use it for a little bit of checking levels and things like that, but I don't, I don't use them all the time anymore. I use in-ear monitors for streaming. I use my monitors for editing. It's only when I'm wanting to check balance and levels and 
do some EQ and things like that. So that probably is one of the reasons why these also broke because I have a tendency of moving them because they're in my way all the time because I don't always need access to them. So I don't always treat them the best as I move them around. You know what's getting close, and I wouldn't recommend them yet, but what's getting close to be able to be used for editing, not live streaming, not recording, but editing, would be Bluetooth headphones. Over the ear Bluetooth headphones. And I know Apple just came out with their gazillion dollar version. But like I said, I, I wouldn't recommend them today. There's a lot that, to be desired with them. But if you're looking at a minimalistic head or a setup, like maybe in a college room or, you know, you're just getting started out in life or something like that, and you can only really buy one set of, of headphones, you know, soon Bluetooth might be at the point where you could conceivably use it for that purpose. Now, I, I know you're shaking your head there, Stephen, and everything. I, I'm not saying go do it today. I'm saying in the near future, within the next five years, I think we're going to see an option that is feasible to do that with. My reason for shaking my head is because I think there's, my opinion is there's been significant improvements with the Bluetooth technology. I don't know that we have seen significant improvements in the overall sound of what you're talking about now compared to what we had in a good quality wired pair of headphones years ago. I think the Bluetooth headphones are catching up to the wired alternative finally. And a few, like, I don't know that we've seen enough evolution in lack of overbasing and lack of, or in lack of clarity. I think we're, we're just seeing Bluetooth catch up to the wired product. And because of that, like you, yes, a Bluetooth headset now is more in the realm because the quality is a lot better than it was. But I don't know that I agree from a, from a actual product perspective of the sound that's being produced. I would agree. I'm, I'm just saying we are getting close. Like a couple of years ago, I was like, oh, heck no. Oh, heck no. But we're starting to get close. And unfortunately, the latency is there still today. So I can't say for a live setting, but for a post-production setting, yeah, maybe, you know, if, if you're watching YouTube and you, you can't have the speakers on because the, the family's nearby or, or whatever, and you're also editing, I mean, it's getting close to that point. We also have another question, by the way, from Betsy. Betsy M. Betsy asks, what is the least expensive remote recording device that you would recommend? Or should I just use my phone? Here's my thoughts. I was recording my thoughts notes for my test episode outdoors in the bitter cold while snowing and my phone battery emptied in less than an hour. I was also taking pictures. It was an outdoor sculpture museum. I forgot my portable charger, so I had to go back to the car to recharge the phone. I'm going to take this uh, right away, Stephen, and you can rebut. Uh, Betsy, the thing that I would recommend right now would be that Zoom PodTrack P4, because not only can you use it in a mobile recording environment because it's battery powered, but you can use that as an audio interface with your uh, computer. You can put up to four inputs into it. So say you had a guest or whatever, you could record the guest on one track, you on another track, or if you're recording over a, the internet, like Stephen and I are doing, you can record you on one track, you can record uh, your guest on the other track. And then if you want to add music and you want to stream that sort of thing, you can even add a third track and then you can have somebody else in your studio. So it gives you a lot of flexibility. It's not really all that expensive in comparison to other options out there. 
like the Zoom H8 monstrosity that I bought was a heck of a lot more money. Uh, and it honestly doesn't give you as much capability for podcasting as that PodTrack P4 does. Now, there, there's quality issues in, in the recording, you know, limited bit rate, that sort of thing, but it's feasible to use. And, and, and I think in your specific case, I would do that. Now, the other thing is, you mentioned your phone. If the phone battery is not going to die, you can plug in your Samsung QTU right into your phone or use an iRig, uh, whatever they call it. I, iRig Pro, I believe it's called now, that has the the connection that can go into Android or uh, a uh, an iPhone or tablet or something like that. Uh, so there's a lot of options out there, but I would go with the PodTrack P4 personally. I have not had a chance to use it yet, so I can't comment on the preamps or anything like that yet. But I tend to be of the same mind if you're looking for portability because... Back when you were looking for portability that wasn't something like the phone, one of the ways that us creative people did was we got ourselves a Zoom H1, and then we got ourselves a iRig Pre, and we did a little adapters, and we made it into a little portable studio that was relatively inexpensive at the time. I did many episodes of Better Podcasting. I did episodes of Gunna Geek on the road with this for this format here because the iRig Pre acted as the preamp for the mic, and then it went into the um, the Zoom H1. Well, I've just pulled up, and these are Canadian prices. I don't know if they're sale or not because I'm too lazy to click through on the link. Uh, right now, the Zoom H1N, which is the current version, goes for $159 Canadian. The iRig Pre, which is not even the good one, the pro one that SP mentioned, the Pre is $50. Right now, the Canadian price of the PodTrack P4 is two fifty eight on Amazon, but two seventy sixty nine everywhere else. You're not that much more to go to the P four, and you're not sitting there where you're losing quality because of the adapters and the way you're misusing equipment. It's got more functions. It's just you're doing what it's meant for. One hundred percent, I agree. I, I I don't know that I see a product in that price point where that would produce decent quality um like in comparison to this p4 so i i agree yeah so yeah we still have to test them you're right about that but that's having held a p4 in my hand and an h8 in my hand and and owning an h5 and an h6 i would think that that would be the way to go the other way that you could go would, would be a sound devices mix pre but those are so expensive i mean they're really good they're really, really good, but they're so expensive for the same uh, capabilities that I, for a hobby podcaster, I would say the the PodTrack P4 would be where to go for sure for, for that application anyway. I mean, there there's a ton of different ways to do it, but uh, just because I, I know as a hobby podcaster, you're going to repurpose gear for other things. That's the way I would go. Well, and, you know, I think when we look at alternatives of hooking up your microphone to a phone, when you're getting to a decent preamp, you're not getting too far away from that P4 price. So, you know, I guess you got to think about what's going to be easier for you to carry around. But you also have the P4 has the expandability option where you've got more inputs and things like that and a dedicated card and things like that. So different products. Yeah. yeah, I'm actually kicking myself because uh, in the last couple of weeks, I've done some home video work for a couple of end of the year shows. I mean, the Guinea Geek show was one of them. And I used my H5. I should have 
use the PodTrack P4 instead. And I, I'm, I didn't even think about that until right now, just because I haven't used it too much. My H5 is ready to go. It's in my go bag right now. I've used it for that sort of thing. But the H5 is also really bulky to put it in your pocket versus the P4 <laughs> would just fit in your pocket just fine. Or in, in, in a woman's case, if you're carrying around a purse or whatever, you can put it in there and just snake the cord out for the microphone. Like I would use a Sennheiser MD46 in those situations, but it's not the only mic you could could use there. Uh, we have more to talk about, Stephen. You want to talk about uh, uh, what what's next on your list? Yeah, here? I was going to segue nicely. So SP was just alluding to doing some videos um, and some some video work for the end of the year stuff with Gunna Geek. If you didn't know this, over on the official Gunna Geek show, which is the podcast that SP and I do with a fellow named Chris Farrell, we occasionally will do uh, end of the year gag. This was something that we. We started out with like a through the show gag where we would have, I think how it originally actually started was we had done some news articles um, interspersed through our regular news delivery that were all Christmas themed. Like they were all takes on classic stories or things like that. And then they evolved from there. And last year we took a year off. And it, what it usually is, is uh, something that's video based because we do have a video show for there as well. But we go and just a fun way for us to mark the end of the year and put too much work into something that won't get enough views and just have a little bit of fun, um, a little festive fun that we can we can blast out to everywhere and say, hey, look at our little Gunna Geek special. And we did one this year, even though it's been a struggle to do other stuff this year. I'll admit it was it was late. A couple weeks ago, I came up with this idea that I thought would be a shorter, easier video that we could do, get it together, have a little bit of fun bring back that tradition after having a year off. And especially with the year that we've had, just have a little extra fun. And so we did it. And you'll be able to see that later. Follow me on Twitter if you want, um, or come to our Discord. Once it's posted separately, I'll go ahead and put that out there. Again, it was Christmas-themed and just a little fun joke video that we did. And I'm glad we did it. And that's why I wanted to bring this up today, because as I mentioned, you know, there have been things this year that have been a struggle. And for me, even though it ended up being a little more than I bit off a little more than I could chew with this, if I'm being totally honest here, and it, it came together at the last minute. I was really happy once we delivered it last night on the show because we got the reaction in the chat that we wanted. And for me, looking back on that, it was like, OK, we brought something back of normalcy that we had previously, and it was fun. People enjoyed it. Sure, it doesn't play as well to the audio listener, but we have a good video base as well. And it was just a nice little, I'll call it a feather in the cap sort of thing, notch in the belt, whatever you want to say. But it, to me, as a hobbyist, it just brought a little more fun as we closed out the year. So I'm glad we did it. And I wanted to acknowledge it right now, because even though mathematically, it probably didn't make sense that we decided to de delve into that and do that. I think for our personal gain, it was worth it. We, the other thing I will mention with this, the more in advance that you can plan for this sort of stuff, the better off that you're going to be. So if you're going to do an end of the year show or any sort of gag or any award show or any, uh, we've talked about it before in the better podcasting main show, a clip show basically. And we did a clip show. I believe it was episode 33. I'd have to go back in and, and, and uh, look at that. Those are far more work 
than you would ever think. You think, oh, the content's all there. I just have to clip it and go. Unless you've been leading up to that every week and you can just plug and play existing clips with timestamps and stuff like that, it's going to take you a while. And this is the same sort of thing. Anytime you put together something like this is going to take additional time. I will liken it into producing an audio drama. And we know for a fact, because we've talked and we've, we've spoken to a lot of people that are audio drama creators. We had Sarah Ray Warner on our show. who does the uh, girl in space uh, audio drama. An episode for her, which is I, I can't I'm trying to remember about half an hour. An episode for her of half an hour takes over 200 hours, like 250 hours to put together between the scripting, the recording, the mixing, the sound design and everything like that. So I want to leave you with that impression. If you want to do something fun like that, and especially if you're bringing video into it, but it doesn't have to, it could just be audio. It's going to take you additional time. So just think about that. And if you're going to do a special like we do, like we do every year around Christmas, it doesn't have to be the holidays. It could be something else. Just plan for it in advance. Don't think you're going to pull it together at the last minute and just have that mentality of doing uh, some gates with it. I talked about checklists quite a bit, but this is more like project management. So you're, you're talking about what do I have to have done at what point in order to get it done? Since this was, I'm trying to remember the whole length of it. It was like four minutes, six minutes, something like that between when it was all said and done. Yeah, I think it was around that. Yeah. So that simple five minute segment took over a month for all three of us to do. And Steven did the bulk of it between the scripting and the, these are the shots that I want and scheduling. Uh, when can we get together to do the, uh, the, the quote unquote zoom call that we did, which actually it, it was, uh, through our phones, it, it, it was a legitimate Zoom, quote unquote, call. It was not actually uh, it, Zoom, though. And no, it wasn't. But I mean, that's the the mentality that we wanted to portray there. And yeah, that's that's it took a lot of time to do. And we had to schedule it. And, you know, I I <sighs> use of my house is not because I have so many kids coming in and out all the time. I can't plan for, OK, it's going to be quiet at this point in time. So I, I just had to schedule around that. So it, it just imagine all the variables that you have to throw into it. And it's just fun when it came together. And, and that's what I told Stephen afterwards, by the way. I said, as long as it's fun, we should do it because it's fun for us to do. Not necessarily because we're, because we're hobbyists. I, I hate to say it, but I don't care if the audience likes it or not. If it's not fun <laughs> for us, it's going to get old. It's going to get cumbersome and we're not going to want to do it. So let's keep it fun for us. And then uh, the way that we... Uh, scripted it the way that Steven scripted it. It made it fun for the audience, but we had to make sure it was fun for us first. And so that's uh, another consideration. You mentioned clip shows, and in the chat, we have SP's missing beard say, if I never do another clip show, it will be too soon. That's why we haven't done another <laughs> one with better podcasting. And honestly, I, w- I wanted to do one for uh, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. I wanted to do one for the ending of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I wanted to do it for our 200th and our 300th episode. And I just decided, nope, too much work, especially after doing Better Podcasting 33. It was our 33rd episode. We only had 32 episodes worth of content. I can't imagine doing it, putting together for like a 200 or 300. I know some people do it for their milestone episodes and good on you for doing that. But I would encourage you not to do a clip show for your milestone episode unless you're 
you have a whole team working on it for you because it's just going to consume your life for a while. Uh, yeah, I, we're far enough from episode 33 now that I can say um, I've never been a fan of clip shows. I, I know we did one, um, but I, I you said it at the time. Sorry. You said it at the time. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be removed from it. <laughs> I just, I, I've never gotten the appeal to them. But, you know, in some situations, I can see it. Like if you're, say, running a daily show and you're like daily nuggets and things like that, and you want to do the highlight from the year just to take some time off, then, you know, like, I guess there are some people that may have missed different daily shows and things like that. But I just, I don't generally get the appeal to, to putting them in. Yeah, uh, I could see that. And I can also say, I mean, if they're really good clip shows, I guess I just had the mentality that I like clip shows, but I, I also know that they're a heck of a lot of work, so I'm not going to do it. A clip show uh, with 80s TV show actually made sense. Why did it make sense? Because they could not record every week. So they had their production team behind the scenes going and pulling together a clip show so that the rest of the cast and the writers or whatever could have a couple weeks off for whatever reason. And because they were running 26 episode seasons, which nobody does anymore, but you, you had to fill that content sometime. And like Happy Days did one or did multiple ones. Chips did one. I mean, a lot of shows did clip shows. Emergency did a clip show for those that grew up in the 70s and 80s. You know, the shows I'm talking about. But I think we were at the point where we don't need clip shows for a lot of different reasons on TV or podcasting. So that's just my two cents there. Hey, we're getting a little long here. Uh, we'll hit on a couple more quick points here. I know you had a couple things you wanted to mention, SP. I did. First of all, I want to say that for those that have been following along our video production, we've been using OBS Ninja, which is separate from OBS Studio or OBS. And OBS Ninja allows us to connect back and forth. Matter of fact, OBS Ninja is how we connected to do the Gunna Geek special for the quote unquote Zoom call because we were able to tie into our phones. But I had an issue with that over the course of the last couple of weeks that was not my modem related. And we determined it was when I was connecting, you can select the maximum resolution on the camera. And for whatever reason, when I do it, and Chris does, also does it, and he hasn't experienced the same issue, I, one of the variables is the fact that Chris's upload is a lot better than mine. So maybe that's it. Maybe it's our machine. Maybe it's my specific machine. I don't know. But I was running into all sorts of problems with that. And then I've connected, uh, reconnected last night on the Guinea Geek show, I'm not clicking on that using a balanced connection. And I've connected and I think my connection's been a lot more rock solid using the balance connection. So even though it's not the max resolution, it's a better connection. So therefore a better experience for the video user. So I just want to say we've been diagnosing that and that's what we've got so far. So if this continues to work well, it's what I'm going to go with. Yeah, I agree because you did it again tonight and we've not seen sort of the artifacts that we've seen on your video and some of the choppiness that we've seen on the live stream. So you know, we've said it before, OBS Ninja is somebody's pet project. You, you got to expect some bugs, but it still is amazing to me how much better it is than Skype. I mean, maybe sometime we should revisit Skype. Maybe it's better now. Yeah, well, maybe, or maybe it's worse because everybody's using it. I don't know. And everybody, everybody's using it, quote unquote, because everybody's at home. The other thing that I want to say really quickly is kind of gloat a little bit. My son graduated from college uh, last weekend. 
And it was one of those virtual commencement ceremonies. Uh, there was no, yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, kicking him out of the house, out of the state, actually. He's coming in from the state that he was going to college, and I'm kicking him out to another state uh, because he got a job in another state. So um, I'm going to be helping him move this weekend. Anyway, virtual commencement ceremony from University of North Carolina, Wilmington, which is where he went to school. He's moving to Madison. And he had a virtual commencement ceremony. This was the first one that I actually attended. I, I've heard about him before, but this is what I want to say. I want to say this for a couple of reasons. So YouTube was the place where they decided to stream it to so that everybody could see it. And before they actually had the 40 minute long, you know, speeches from the provost and everybody, uh, they were running pomp and circumstance in the background as the pre-show. Just with a static screen and pop and circumstance in the background. Guess what? The YouTube bot took it down <gasps> no less than six times. This is pop and circumstance. There's there's a lot of different YouTube videos out there that are playing pop and circumstance. They're not live, but they're they're out there. So the combination of live, static image, and pop and circumstance triggered whatever bot multiple times. I have no idea how the school, like if that happened with us, it's like game over. We can't do this anymore. But the school must have contacted YouTube and got it reinstated. But then it happened five minutes later and five minutes later and five minutes later. I can't imagine being those IT guys going, what the heck, YouTube? Because we've we've uh, got this approved manually, but it, the bot keeps uh, taking us down. So I mentioned that to gloat that my son graduated, but I also mentioned that to tell you if you are streaming live on Twitch now, I believe it's the same thing, and YouTube, that you have to watch the sound effects that you're putting in there. In this case, the music that you're putting in there. It was annoying. The content ID bots are strong, very strong on YouTube. It's not just audio either. It's visual too. But uh, there's all that going on. And then I also want to say that I know because the uh, I, I'm not going to get in the political side of things, but because of the election, YouTube has made some uh, determinations on what they're going to allow and not allow on their platform. You can argue whether it's good or not, but it does get into the Section 230 in the United States and whether they're uh, going to be held liable or not. And I think uh, over the next few years, that's all going to uh, play out in, in in legally with the government as well as courts. So just stay tuned for that. And then as for hobby podcasters, here's why you should be viewing this, because you should have a landing page like we do, betterpodcasting.com. So whatever landing page that you want to make for your show, make sure that you have that landing page. So if you're taken off of whatever streaming service that you're using or whatever content providing service that you're using, you can always direct people back to your website, your landing page, so that they can find your, your content. And this is something that we've said since day one, really, and it really hasn't changed, but because of the content ID and because of the decisions that are being made by these platforms, I think it's more important today than it was five years ago. And, you know, I've had a recent thought about this whole thing because some people use their website addresses as a forward. So, like, we have www.geeks.live and it takes you to a certain spot on the Gunna Geek page. There are people who take that and they redirect it to their main page. So, like, let's say that I was streaming just on YouTube. Maybe I would go and I would... Uh, just set geeks.live to forward to youtube.com slash gonna geek or whatever that is. I think people should force people to click through 
And so you make them go to geeks.live and then click through. Ideally, you embed it on that web page because if you are constantly having people redirect over directly to your YouTube, I think there's a chance they might bookmark that. And then all of a sudden, your YouTube page is gone. Did they remember it was geeks.live or were they just accessing your YouTube? So I think that sometimes people do themselves a disservice if something does ever go away because they do that hard forward. So just a thought. Yeah, and I, Liberty Dude said in the chat, you have to figure out how to make and maintain a website. Yes, this this is something that I don't like to do and why I like partnering with Steven because he likes doing that sort of thing. So I don't have to do it. And he does. I have had some websites before. I've not enjoyed maintaining them. I've not enjoyed creating them. Uh, so that is why I like partnering with Steven for a lot of other reasons, too. Uh, we joke about needing time away, but really don't. Anyway. The, the thing there is, I get what you're saying. There are so many options out there available, and then you can hire somebody to put something together for you as well. I mean, there, there are ways to do it, and Stephen is really the expert there, so I, I'm not going to give you advice there, but I will say that there are ways to do it. And I'm just mentioning that from Liberty Dude, not just for you, but for everybody else that's listening to this, that might be my same boat of how do I do a website? How do I do that redirect? What are you talking about? That sort of thing. I would suggest it's, people look at your media host if you've got one, because the odds are your media host has a few extra elements in there that you might be able to use for that because media hosts have, have really stepped up over the last couple of years and given people options to be able to really use what they've got in place of a limited website. Yeah, and, and there are other uh, options. I'm not going to mention them. They, they're coming to my head right now, but I'm not going to say them uh, because you've all seen commercials for several of them and they all have their drawbacks, but they all have their benefits too. So yeah, it, it is a concern for sure. I also want to bring up before we completely in the show that Betsy did say that the clip show episode 33 that we talked about before was really useful for her. Give gave her a lot of advice she needed to start her podcast without having to listen to all of the episodes from start to to finish. So thank you very much, Betsy. Uh, you're not the first to tell us that, but you are the first in a, in a while that we've heard that from. So we're glad it's still useful for you. And the last thing we'll bring up here is a little something I'm going to surprise SP. And I wanted to ask you this question, SP. Have you heard about this thing called a podcast? And have you heard about this place called Spotify? A podcast is a miserable pile of secrets. I know that because okay. I, I learned that at, at Gen Con a few years ago. Uh, Spotify, actually, my daughter was telling me about Spotify because since she works for Starbucks, in addition to the hospital she works at, she gets a free Spotify account. She was asking if I had a Spotify account because she was going to share playlists with me. So that's how I know about Spotify. Well, I'm glad you've heard of these things before because according to news sources everywhere today, it seems, at least the tone seems to indicate like these are crazy new things. And, and rightfully so, because podcasting and Spotify podcasting is officially a thing. Because today, yes, it was announced that Prince Harry and Meghan Markle are having a podcast <gasps> on Spotify. So now really? it's official. Spotify is, is a success and podcasting is a success. Wait a minute. Is this exclusive? Because if it's an exclusive, I got to now get a Spotify account to listen to this thing. I have because... no idea. I literally saw the news headline like, 
10 minutes oh, before man. we recorded the show. <laughs> man, no, I didn't see this. Now I'm all interested. You know, you, you, the, I, I know in Canada, since you're part of the Royal Commonwealth, you have different views, but we're all enamored with the, uh, the Royal family down here in the United States, even though we had a whole revolutionary war to break away from them and the war of 1812 and stuff like that. But now... Oh, yeah, we we just love to talk about him. And he, heck, even on Hallmark with their holiday movies and everything, the best ones are always with the royal families. So in, in some small country that nobody's ever heard of in the middle of Europe. So there you go. That's how we're going to end it for your hobby podcasters. Just a couple of hobby podcasters making it big there, Harry and Megan. <laughs> Man, they are trying to get money any way they can to pay for their pay for their way now that they're in America. Uh, I was gonna yeah, say or, or in Canada or wherever they are. Definitely not hobbyists. So thanks everybody no. for checking out this show. As again, a uh, reminder to the beginning there, we will have a break in the schedule, meaning that the next episode will be in about a month, more or less. So you can check out the full events catalog at betterpodcasting.com slash events you can also ask us questions at any time on our discord server at betterpodcasting.com slash discord and again it's not just us there's other very knowledgeable hobby podcasters that are there that answer questions damien from the aurelia pod uh, say it with me aurelia pod and we've been corrected. It's not a really pot. It's adventures in a really. But anyway, he's there all the time asking questions and or answering questions as are a bunch of other people. So uh, don't feel if, if we're not around for a day or two because of whatever reason, there are other people that can answer the questions. So just come on by betterpodcasting.com slash discord. So for episode number 23 of Better Podcasting Live Chat, I'm Stephen John Drew saying you might know me as my alternative name of the Duke of Sussex. <laughs> and I'm SP from America saying happy holidays, everybody. We hope to see you next year. Bye. Bye. Thanks for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew of Gunna Geek Productions. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching, and we hope to see you again next week.